0: Welcome to the Seattle Public Library's Podcasts for Teens. These teen podcasts are by teens and for teens. They run the gamut from author readings and music performances to discussions and book reviews by the Teen Center Advisors. These podcasts are brought to you by the Seattle Public Library and Foundation with the help of the library's teen advisors. To learn more about our teen programs, including how to become a Teen Center Advisor, visit our website at www.spl.org. To learn how you can help the library by volunteering or supporting its foundation, go to www.foundation.spl.org.
1: Hello, my name is Aldo. I'm here with the Teen Center Advisors and we are going to discuss equality in America. So, in sort of in spirit of MLK Day coming up, um, and of course this has also been an ongoing subject at my school, I was just wondering what you guys thought about first this question is, in America, do we have equality in America? Anyone can start.
2: This, my name is Lauren. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's really easy, as, easy for us to look back. Like, I was watching Mad Ben last night with my mom. At the very, uh, very beginning of season five, uh, it ends with them accepting resumes of African-American people. And it's easy for us to look back and say, wow, we've come, we've come a long ways. Uh, this used to be ridiculous that we would think of treating people of the race, uh, equally, but I think there's still a lot of room for improvement.
3: My name is, uh, Andrew, and I'm a teen center advisor, and I think in Seattle, it's a little bit different, like, we have a little bit of a different perspective here, because, I'm from Philadelphia, and I I just can say that in social classes and groups in Seattle, there doesn't seem to be a lot of ethnic diversity. Like, I go to a private school where it's a high tuition, and it just so happens to be that there's probably only about four African-American students, and literally almost everyone else is Caucasian or white. That's how the center school is. So, um... It's easy for like in in North Seattle it's almost all white, and I think in most parts of Seattle it's almost all white and I think that the concentration of different ethnic groups in different neighborhoods is kind of a leading factor to a lot of like the the bias that just naturally occurs when you're not surrounded by a diverse group of people because I know at my school, I went to middle school Washington, and everybody there kind of coexisted and um now at Northwest, where I go to school, it, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of diversity. So I think that, but I remember being in Philadelphia, you know, everybody was diverse. You know, it was a big diversity among high income, middle income, and low income. But I don't see that a lot here, so I think that's a contributing factor too.
4: Um, my name is Greta. I'm also a teen center advisor. And I feel the same way about Ballard a lot. Um, it's very white, and I went to middle school in the Central District. Seattle Girls School, and there are a lot of people at Ballard that when you when they hear the CD, it's immediately like, "Oh God, it's so dangerous there!" and like, "Who goes there?" And so, and I've heard that before. And it's I think in Seattle and probably other cities too, um, things are still really divided by neighborhood, and that's something that hasn't been able to change a lot. I mean, of course, it's gotten better. It's gotten so much better. But um, I think that's still a problem, is getting over that because it was really ingrained in history at one
5: point. My name is Daphne. Um, so I go to Roosevelt. And, but I used to go to West Seattle High School. and that was really ghetto. So when I came to Roosevelt, it was like kind of like really surprising because everyone was basically white, and the Africans, would be in one group, and the Mexicans would be in one group, and the white people would be in another group, so everyone would just stick with their own color, and they wouldn't talk to each other, and you see, like, one person in, like, like, that's colored in, like, one white group, and it's really rare, because, like, a lot of people just stay in their own, like, colored group, and I just find it, like, really interesting, because we've gone through a lot in history, and I feel like we should step up more, and, like, not be so like different but it's not just like a color it's also gender too because we have a lot of differences and there's like one kid that dresses like a girl and everyone judges him and no one talks to him either so it's just like we should realize more about gender and like instead of just like diversity
1: I'm really glad you mentioned the gender thing, because traditionally, when you think about equality, you, mostly the, what people think is uh, race, because that's like the biggest thing in history that we've had, and like, I'm not trying to say like, oh, they've had their moment, that's still like an ongoing problem, but I think the most prominent thing at this point is that of gender equality, I mean, last year, DOMA was struck down, and that's like, people celebrated and all that, but I, I really saw it as a very small step in what we as a society can do. I mean, the government can only do oh so much, and then there's us, so and then there's that question of whose responsibility is it to bring down barriers of not only race, but also gender. So, who, who's responsible for this? Who... What can we do, and what who else needs to do something?
2: Could you explain DOMA real quick? you explain DOMA real
1: quick? Well, the Defense of Marriage Act uh, was passed in I was 1996. No, my history guys, what's up? <laughs> 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 and it was um, ruled unconstitutional. What like last year, or yeah, it was last year. I don't remember exactly when, but um. It was basically exempting those people who married people of the same sex, where same sex was allowed, exempting them from the same benefits, like if your spouse dies or like tax benefits for them. As they weren't getting that stuff. They weren't getting that same good stuff that you know apparently everyone should get, which is basically them saying we're defending marriage.
6: My name is Maddie, and I think one issue that I became particularly aware of over the summer, I met someone who is trans male, and I think that's gender and sexuality are two very different things. And I think in this conversation, it may not have been intentional at all, but in this conversation, they've become a little mixed up, I think. I think a lot of it is deconstructing old ideas. Like, there's kind of a new phrase now, which is gender is a spectrum. And sexuality is a spectrum, where it isn't A or B, it's anything in between. And I think a lot of that same thinking applies to race, really, any other form of disparity. And it's simply getting rid of old stigma, like a lot of its ideas that we inherit from our communities or our families, sometimes unintentionally. Uh, I remember when I went to school in fifth grade, there was one African-American girl in my class, uh, and she moved, and she was new. And it was really hard. I personally did not partake in some of the social ostracism that occurred, but it's part of what made me want to go to Washington Middle School um, was I was really sick of living in a neighborhood because my parents, um, I have a brother who was adopted from South Korea, so my parents always made a real effort to bring in um, alternative cultures. And I think a lot of that, Um, Introducing yourself to different forms of thinking is a lot of what eradicates um,
4: those kind of thoughts. Um, My name is Greta, again. And your comment, Maddie, about gender and sexuality reminded me of um, something my friend said earlier this week. Um, He was saying, I can't remember the context, but it was something like... If you are a woman who wears comfortable shoes, then you're a lesbian. And if you are a woman who wears uncomfortable shoes, then you're straight. And if you're a man who wears uncomfortable shoes, then you're gay. And if you're a man who wears comfortable shoes, then you're straight. And I wanted to scream because <laughs> that's, you can't, saying that kind of thing, it's just, it's so, um, Appalling to hear that because we're lucky to live in Seattle where there's a lot of awareness but then someone says something like that and it's just that's you can't generalize like that you can't say things like that and so I think a huge thing for everyone to do is to educate people and to say that's not true and um yes to just try and tell people who don't know
1: and my my name is Aldo and you're connecting those two I have a friend who um Well, she's Asian, and she was adopted Mm -hmm. by, um, white parents, and so, uh, I mean, I'm pretty good friends with her, and so I know that she, in her whole life, has been predominantly exposed to just, like, white culture, and so she has explicitly, explicitly told me this, that she, like, feels, would always feel more comfortable being surrounded by white people, and, uh, of course, um she has mentioned this to his other friends and does get hateful looks for that for saying that kind of stuff, which, I mean, it happens. I mean, one of my reasons behind that is I well, you live in Seattle, we're kind of, like, liberal in that, that. That I think that's a liberal thought at this point. But um, going back to what you were saying um, about uh, sometimes unintentionally get this sort of form of thought from your family or how well, how you live, basically. Uh,
3: my name is Andrew, and I've had this issue before because um, a lot of times when you live in an all-white community, um, racism starts becoming a little bit more, like, common because there's not really someone around to be like, hey, that's not cool, so you just get a bunch of white people, like, it's like saying the N-word and stuff like that because they hear it in music and uh, think it sounds cool. So I was at the, this event one time, and this kid, this white kid, who was great above me, like kept saying the N-word, and I was like, don't say that, just because this is not what you do. And then th- this girl was like, stop, that's not your battle to fight. So it's, um, in a sense, it could be a good thing to say if you think there's going to be people around you to support you, but it also c- can be useless to say something. And maybe smarter to move on if you're around a group that you know will just not benefit or listen to what you're saying.
2: I'm Lauren, and my group of friends at school were very open to, like, not just putting, not putting each other down, but, like, uh, creating, like, answering to other people's ideas. Discussion? Yeah, or just discussion, (laughs) Mm -hmm. or just, like, disagreeing, like, Mm -hmm. um, or pointing something out that someone, shouldn't say that, like, uh, the other day at lunch, in the, the period before lunch, they passed out packets. Someone at our school got lice, and my friend said, "I know, right?" Uh, or someone, it, someone I was sitting with at lunch. Uh, the the girl who got it was I, it was in the classroom. She said, "Oh, it's my fault." And I was like, y- "You don't? Do you think she's going to want people to know that in a week? Do you like? I don't think that's something you need to start spreading rumors about." So, I'd like to think that my group of friends is open to talking about that kind of thing another thing about center is that it's predominantly white um, and at our MLK one statistic at our MLK assembly that they talked about was uh, Seattle is the whitest city in Washington but we also have the most diverse zip code, I'm not sure what it is but it's the most it's diverse city, in, the central district, yeah. I think.
3: definitely it's like Columbia City area right like
6: yeah, just south. Yes, yeah, exactly, just south of there, you Yeah, just starting Columbia City and going for the Rainier Valley, of course.
1: All right, so sorta to wrap it up and in spirit of being in the library and we're in the library. What can the library do?
6: <laughs> Ooh. That's so, a good question.
1: Me? Well, I've always I've said this before for many other things, but like through books, through education, I mean reading does so much for some people who do read and you know that's how you sort of start searching for different points of view on not only just like equality and race and sexuality, gender, but almost everything.
6: Maddie, again, I think a lot of it is giving access to diversity. I know that in my high school English classes you read a lot of stuff written by white people Charles Dickens, Shakespeare—you know, there's a lot of staples that the canon, uh, as it's called, of you know, literary work is quite dominated uh, by white males. And I think an important part of changing that is really um, keeping a collection of really diverse authors and diverse ideas.
2: One thing I saw today, just walking around—this is Lauren again—over by the checkout areas on this floor. There was like books you might have missed, these are the top books on New York Times, and then another list was uh, African American authors, and I thought that was really cool, mm-hmm. that was just a like display that was up, I think mean, that'd be cool if you had something in the team section too, maybe, because important for
4: um, I'm Greta again, and I think something the library can do is facilitate discussion, and um, just keep talking about it, because for any issue... That's what changes is have, once everyone's involved and once everyone's thinking about it and talking about it and brainstorming how to change it. So lectures and things like that, that's what always impacts me is having someone say something powerful and thinking, yeah, I want to do that or I agree with that.
1: Yeah, well, that thank you guys. That was very awesome. So here we are signing out from the Teen Center Advisors. Thank you.
0: This podcast was presented by the Seattle Public Library and Foundation and made possible by your generous contributions to the Seattle Public Library Foundation. Thanks for listening.